Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. I thought it would be beneficial for your geography and your general knowledge if I would give you uh, some information concerning the island of Cyprus. It's a fairly large island with a population of under a million people. Uh, mostly uh, the population on the south side is occupied by the Greek-speaking Cypriots. The northern side was invaded in 1974 by the Turk, uh, by Turkey, and it's been now 47 years and it's still divided. The only uh, country that recognizes the north of Cyprus is Turkey itself. No one else recognizes. The southern part is uh, joined the European Union since two, 2002, I think, and we part of the European Union. Uh, Cyprus is largely dependent on the tourist industry. We could have up to four or five million people during the summer months uh, coming to Cyprus because they love the island. Uh, it is famous for the sunshine, and we could have six to seven months sunshine per in every year. The climate is fairly moderate. The winter months uh, begin on in December, January and February is rainy and cold. It's a typical Eastern Mediterranean uh, island. The uh, springtime begins in the month of March, April, May, and that's the best time to visit, in my opinion. And then the summer months begin in June, July, August, with August, the hottest month, uh, reaches up to 45 degrees Celsius in the cities. Autumn uh, starts in uh, September, October, and November. Also a very good time uh, in the year to visit Cyprus. I'm speaking to you from the very house that I was born in uh, 68 years ago. I've inherited this house and I use it as my base from my brother who passed away at a young age. Originally the house belonged to my mom, then she uh, signed it on to my brother and when my brother passed away being the only living uh, relative it passed on to me and so I use it as a base whenever I come to Cyprus it's very comfortable and um, and and I've spent a bit of money that my mother left me and brought it up to um, up to really up to standard it's livable and it's comfortable uh, that's as far as Cyprus is concerned. Um, for me, I love the island. It's the island of my birth. I usually come twice a year. And I have been ministering in Cyprus for over 30 years. 
I have built up strong relationships with the pastors in every province. Uh, my ministry is well known, recognized and honored in most parts of Cyprus. And the relationships that I, I, uh, I have, they go back 30 years. And so my primary focus when we come to Cyprus is to minister to leaders, to pastors, as well as to the churches and uh, minister the word of encouragement. And I'd like to encourage the church as much as possible. Now, coming on to our trip, because we have thoroughly made preparations to travel, and believe me, our preparations were very, very thorough. It involved a lot of work, a lot of paperwork. We visited the consulate of uh, Cyprus consulate in Cape Town in order for our vaccinations to be authenticated. We received a letter of authentication from the consulate in Cape Town, which we emailed to Cyprus government and they have sent us back what they call an EU safe pass. We also uh, had to fill in uh, forms on the website of Cyprus, what they call a Cyprus flight pass, and we had to take a PCR test 72 hours before departure. Because we have done all this thorough preparation, our coming into Cyprus and landing in Larnaca, it was a, a walk through, a breeze. They didn't give us any problems. All they asked for was a Cyprus flight pass, which we presented and they let us come. It's been two years since we last visited the island of Cyprus. We landed on Friday morning around half past 11. By the time we picked up our car from Limassol and came to the village, it was Friday afternoon. And to be honest, the only disappointment that I've encountered was finding the house in a state, meaning that our yard was like a forest. Uh, the pomegranate was overgrown, uh, the flowers were overgrown, they filled the entire yard. The veranda was almost half inch of dust that settled on it. And um, it took us three days to bring the house up to uh, in order, in order to be made livable. Thank God we had Stephen with us, which he helped a great deal in cleaning and sweeping and, and doing all of that. Well, Sunday morning, uh, we got up early in the morning, Stephen and I, and we drove to Nicosia to my friend George and Isabel Hajiyanis. We had a, a speaking engagement at the church and we ministered there. And you know that church of all the churches that I minister here in Cyprus, I believe is my most favorite church because it reminds me very much of the Philippians. Their generosity, their hospitality, their welcoming and their friendliness and the open-hearted of these wonderful, wonderful Sri Lankan people. It's something to behold. We spend the entire day with them. We fellowship with them after the service. Some of them required prayer. We prayed for them. And we spend the evening with George and Isabel fellowshipping and just uh, catching up on our news. I've known George for over 32 years. 
He's one of my closest, closest friends here in, in Cyprus. And we have and enjoy a wonderful relationship together. We traveled in ministry uh, many years ago, and um, he's a wonderful man of God. He has several churches in Cyprus, and he oversees as an apostolic figure, and he's also part of our cluster, and he's part of the Church of the Nations as well. On Monday morning, we went to the passport office with Stephen George Fajianis Trovas there. We urgently required a Cypriot passport for Stephen because it's the only passport that he has, and it was expiring next month. Thank God uh, we were able to acquire a passport within two days, including a Cypriot ID, so we don't have to worry for the next 10 years. And Monday morning, we drove back to the village, and um, it took us about two and a half hours to get back. The drive is about two and a half hours from the village uh, to Nicosia. We, um, the Nick, um, sorry. Uh, okay, today, Sunday morning, we were in Paphos, the fellowship there that is pastored by Pastor Mike and Olga Nicolaou, whom I know also for many years and have a long-standing friendship with them. They value and honor our ministry. So he invited me to be the guest speaker for the 10th year anniversary. We had a great time with them. We fellowship with them. And then he took us out to lunch in one of the traditional uh, Cypriot, what they call Tavernaki, which is a little tavern that they make uh, traditional suvla which is uh, pork on, on the spit, and you have all these traditional Cypriot uh, um, food. But it took us about two hours before we got served. But anyway, they were so busy. Finally, they served us. We spent a wonderful time in fellowship, and um, we drove back, uh, and we arrived at the village around about 4 o'clock. The message the Lord gave me to minister in all of the churches that I've invited into in Cyprus was a message of faith. And the title of my message is The Fight of Faith, a message which I have preached in our local church uh, about a couple of weeks ago. I must say that the church in Cyprus has taken a major knock as a result of the pandemic. Attendance has dropped, finances have dropped, and people are in a state of, I would say, fear and panic concerning the virus and, and, uh, and you know, uh, all those things. So I thought that since the Lord laid on my heart a message, a word in season to encourage their faith to rise up in the power of the Spirit and stand strong resisting the forces of darkness and particularly the spirit of fear that is causing havoc even within the church. Having said that, I want to uh, conclude our meeting today by giving you eight primary reasons as to why every born-again believer 
should study diligently the subject of faith and learn all he can when it comes to walking and living by faith. The Bible says that the just shall live by faith. There is no other way for us to live. That is us who have been justified through the blood of Jesus Christ. So I am going to give you eight primary reasons as to why you and every born again believer should diligently study the subject of faith and find how find out how faith works what makes faith work what releases faith what stops and blocks our faith from being productive reason number one hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6 says that without faith it is impossible to please god therefore faith pleases god would you say amen to that so if you and i want to walk in the pleasure of our heavenly father we need to learn all we can about faith and walk by faith because without it no one can please the lord that's reason number one and i want to please god don't you I'm sure all of us want to please the Lord. If we love him, we would want to please him. Reason number two. The Bible says that faith overcomes the world. And this is the victory, John says, that overcomes the world. The world and all of its ungodly influences can be overcome by the spirit of faith. The fight of faith is a fight that we always win and overcome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. That's what John says in 1 John chapter 5. And then he explains it and he says, and this is the victory that overcomes the world. Our faith, our faith in God, our faith in God's character, our faith in God's nature, our faith in God's goodness, our faith in God's faithfulness, and our faith in God's promises. Reason number three. Faith, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse two, faith gives substance to our hopes and our dreams in the Lord. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, Hebrews tells us. What does that mean? In other words, my faith in God helps me to see my dreams and my hopes in the Lord materialize, come to fruition. In other words, faith has the ability to take hold of your hopes in the Lord, to take hold of your dreams in the Lord and give substance to them. That means it brings them into this physical, natural realm and materializes your hopes and your dreams in the Lord. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing to understand how this works according to the word of God. That means 
that if you have a dream, the only way that it can be materialized is through your faith. There's no other way. And I can testify to this fact. Everything that I am today and all that I have in the Lord today, wherever I cast my eyes upon, came through the vehicle of my faith in God. Reason number four. Faith assures me of things that I cannot see with my physical eyes. Faith assures me of things that my physical senses cannot pick up. What do I mean by that? For example, I cannot see God. Have you seen him? The Bible says no one has seen God. But faith assures me that he is and that he is the rewarder of them who diligently seek him. That's what makes it possible for us to believe in God whom we have not seen, whom we have not felt, but we believe that he is, that he exists, and that he's, he is all that he says he is. How do we know that? The only way that we know that is by faith. No other way. Not because our physical senses tells us so. So faith, that's why it's so precious. Faith assures me of things. It opens up a whole new realm for me that I cannot see with my natural eyes, that I cannot feel with my physical senses. It releases me and sets me free from the world of the natural that wants to keep us locked into our five physical senses. Praise God. Another thing, I know that I'm a child of God and I know that my sins are forgiven. How do I know that? I've not seen the book of life with my name written in it. I have not seen anything with my natural senses or my eyes that says I am a child of God. The only way that I can prove that I'm a child of God is through my faith in him. Amen. So you see how important faith is. Praise God. Uh, sometimes I get up in the morning. I don't feel like I'm a child of God. I feel terrible. My body feels terrible. But that does not alter the fact that I am a child of God, whether I feel like it, whether I don't whether i look like it or whether i don't look like it how can i be assured of that only through faith in his word believing what he said reason number five the bible says that there is no defeat in faith faith does not deny the existence or the reality that we are surrounded by no, but faith has another set of eyes that sees beyond the natural. So the Bible says there is no darkness in faith. There is no lack, no limitations in the sphere and in the realm of faith. Faith in God 
releases us of our human limitations and empowers us according to scripture to do all things through christ who strengthens us that's what faith does it takes us out of the realm of limitation and weakness and failure and defeat and lack and darkness and fear and confusion and puts us right up there where there is light there is strength there is wisdom there is knowledge and there is abundance of power through christ who strengthens us and the only way we can be released from this natural realm and function in that realm is by faith no other way that's why you should study the subject of faith i don't think we have appreciated as much as we should this tremendous gift that god has placed within us when we got born again the Bible says that faith is a gift of God, not of yourselves. It is a gift that comes from God when you heard the word of God, believed and accepted it, faith was born into your spirit. And I think we should start appreciating and valuing and exercising this precious gift that God has given us to the utmost. Reason number six, the Bible says that whatever is not of faith is sin. Have you ever read that in your Bible? If you are a student of the Bible, I'm sure you've read it. What does that mean? Whatever is not of faith is sin. What does it mean? Anything that you and I do in word, in thought, in deed, that does not originate, or inspired by faith in god is not accepted with god it is sin do you understand that praise god amen reason number seven we cannot receive anything from god without faith why do i say that because faith is the designated channel in receiving from God what he promised us. That's why Jesus said, according to your faith, be it done unto you. It does not depend on God, it depends on you. Remember the father who came to Jesus begging him, says, Lord, if you can help us. And Jesus said, what do you mean if I can? if you can believe all things are possible to them that believe so this is this is this is a law the bible calls faith the law of faith this is the way god set up the system now you can fast all you want you can cry all you want you can beg god all you want but if you do not exercise faith in his promise in his word there is nothing that god or is not obligated to bless you with anything. It is not the crying, it is not the begging, it is not the fasting that receives. It is faith, living faith in the living God. I consider faith as the invisible hand of the believer that reaches out into the realm of the spirit 
and takes hold of what God has promised us and pulls it back down here into this physical, natural realm where we can see it, we can feel it, we can touch it, and we can experience the blessing of God. And without this invisible hand of faith, you cannot, you will not receive anything from God. Do you understand that? Amen. Reason number eight. Scripture says, the just or the righteous shall live by faith. The kind of life that God has purchased for us through Christ cannot be lived outside of the realm of faith. There's no way. If you want to please God and, and live the life that God purposed and destined for you, you need to live it by faith. There's no other way. And we live every day. We don't live by accident. We live every day. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. And that is why I say that each one of us should, take, should set time aside and learn as much as you are able to learn in regards to how faith operates, how faith is released, what are the obstacles to exercising your faith. I want to tell you this. When I began to get hold of this revelation, it changed and revolutionized my entire Christian life. And thank God, I got this revelation at the early stages of my Christian life. And that's why I said everything that I have and am today is the result of exercising faith in God's faithfulness, in God's nature, and in God's goodness. And the Bible says that faith works by love. Amen. The only force that can stop your faith is when you step out of the love of God. When you don't walk in love, when you don't walk in forgiveness, your faith will be paralyzed and crippled because faith is energized by the love of God. Amen. It literally revolutioned my life. And I started to exercise my faith and believe God. I was in a little town called Masvingo. But my spirit was released by faith to travel the world over. And through faith, I was able to break the shackles of a little town and step out by faith into the dream that God had prepared and called me into. And I've been walking that dream ever since, since I 1983. That's when I stepped out into the ministry. So I want to encourage you. Once you master what I'm, I'm sharing with you today, you will become a living witness, an example of a man and a woman of God who walks by faith and not by feeling or by sight. You will be able to achieve great things in the Lord and God will honor you. God will exalt you, not in the eyes, uh, in the eyes of the world, but in the eyes of God. And in the eyes of godly people, 
You will be honored, you will be exalted because you trust in the living God and you put your faith into action. Amen. So these are the eight. I'm sure there are many other reasons, but I've chosen the ones that I, I consider the most important ones why we should study the subject of faith. Maybe I'll preach on faith next Sunday. I don't know. I will ask the Lord and maybe he will lead me that way. I trust you've been blessed uh, by what I shared with you, not only uh, in the word of God, but also concerning and some information about Cyprus for maybe most of you don't know much. And um, yeah, why not look it up on the Google it and find out all you can. Amen. Father, we thank you for your precious word. And we thank you for the unspeakable gift of faith in Christ Jesus that you've deposited within us. And Father, this is my prayer for all my spiritual family, that you would open the eyes of our understanding, Lord, that we may know, that we may know more of you, more of your nature, more of your goodness, more of your faithfulness, more of your loving kindness, more of your mercy, more of your grace. Because the more we know you, the greater our faith in you will become. It is the knowledge of God that brings faith. And it is my prayer that you would fill each and every one of us with the knowledge of your will in all wisdom, Lord, and spiritual understanding. May we grow in our faith and may, Father, we reach beyond ourselves through faith because you've given us this gift of faith, not just for ourselves, but for the world, that we may reach the world, that we may bless the world, that we may set the captives free according to your word. Enable us, Father, to reach beyond ourselves as our faith grows and begin to influence our sphere of influence by showing the people around us that our God is a great God. He is faithful, he is just, and he's altogether lovely and good. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org. Dot org dot z a.